Office of the Day with Thomas Lanfear. This guy's been my best friend since I went knocking on his door in UT Towers. Forgot his unit number, but I said, Hello, my name is Mark Anthony. We're like, what's good? How's it going? Anyways, uh, <laughs> really glad to be here. Thank you for hosting. And uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Tom. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, name's Thomas Lanfear, and uh, I've known this guy since college. He was like my first friend coming down to San Diego. I was all by myself, and he went out of his way to introduce himself. That's when I knew he was just a good guy right off the bat. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, originally from Shelton, Washington, and uh, came down here for college for kind of a fresh start. So, And I stayed because I love San Diego, and and I know Mark's always down here, so he must love San Diego a little bit too. So, I love it. Yeah. So I know it's just a great place to be and, uh, yeah, starting my young life down here. So I'm really glad you stayed, man. And if you didn't stay, I was going to go find you in Shelton and bring you back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love Shelton. It's very small town. It's like 10,000 people maybe. And, um, I got my whole family there, lots of deep roots in that area. And, um, but it's just, it's a little lonely, you know, and yeah. especially for a young guy who's trying to start his life. It's, you know, not many uh, opportunities there unless you're into timber logging and maybe construction like my dad. But <clears throat> just wanted to get a different start in life. So check out the world a little bit or at least the West Coast. <laughs> wow, that introduces our topic, our first topic very well. Um What's up, Mr. Thomas Studios? Tell me about these new projects you have upcoming and uh, projects that you are looking to get into as well. Yeah. So, um, well, I just worked with um, our buddy JP, who's on the first episode of the podcast. He's been um, kind of my starter guy going to him to, you know, learn how to record and um, record other people, I should say, and uh, got him going and recorded two songs with him. We just put out uh, one about two months ago called Apartment 24B. Absolutely great song. Loved how it turned out. His cousin was on it and everything. And uh, and that was just, just love the creativity that's going on. I love being a part of projects like that and getting people out there and hearing their, their talent. Like our buddy JP is so good. And um, I also have my other friend, Zach Brosey, who's in my fraternity and uh, also an awesome musician. He's been just getting so much better at his craft, playing guitar and singing. And he busts down in PB every once in a while. And has a sign and everything promoting his music, but he's like, I'm ready to get super serious about kind of doing my own stuff too. And he got to hearing some of the stuff that I was producing and and um, he decided to just come over and try it again. We, we recorded last year and we recorded the year before that and just never really hit on anything and never really jived. But then just this last time, last two months, he's been over and we just been killing it. I mean, we, we recorded, I think, one song in one this night. Is he back in Shelltown? No, this is here. This is here. Yeah, this is here. So he's from here too. No, not from here. He's actually from Illinois, but he, same thing, came here out for school and then that's how we met. Right. And um, got him recorded and uh, we did one song one night. It was like seven hours and we finished the song. It was like, just worked out. Yeah, we were like, looked at each other like, dude, this is awesome. You know, a couple of beers in, we were feeling pretty good too. So we're like, like, this is sounding so good, you know, and even when we woke up the next day and we both 
listened to it, we're like texting each other, like, dude, this is awesome. So he, that really sparked his interest and wanted to come back and work with me again. So he came back uh, two or three weeks ago. We recorded another one of his songs, and then we just sort of finished it. So now they're just kind of in the post-production phase right now. And, um, and then I think we're working on a third song. So he's going to try to put those three out, I think, together, maybe even do a fourth. So hopefully that'll be out in sometime in the near future, hopefully this summer. So it depends on how much time we can get working on it together and finishing and really Very cool. encompasses his vision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, something just came to my mind while we're on that topic, working with people. Uh, a little while ago, you started Gosnell Band too, right? Yeah. Well, that was one of your homies from back to, uh, hometown. Yeah, that how was... That was like a little cool little project that me and him did when I was home. I was home for like three months over the summer. Have we heard anything from that project? I put it out on uh, SoundCloud, okay. me and him did, and uh, wrote some cool songs. It was like kind of when I was really starting to get serious with production and really starting to work with, I was kind of dropping money on plugins and all this stuff. I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into yet, but I was really it really started to get serious to me and... That's why I was like, hey, man, he's a really good drummer, really good friend of mine. We grew up together. So I was like, hey, let's do, you know, three, maybe a three song EP. So he has a really cool little studio in his backyard at his at his house in Shelton, his mom's house. So we went out there and I just went out there every two or three days a week and we recorded three songs, put it on SoundCloud, you know. It was just like these cool little demo tapes that we got to. Now I get to go back and listen to it. And I'm just like, you know, those sound like it was fun to do it. And like we had a good time making it, but it's like the quality really wasn't there. The songwriting was like still developing for me and right. even for him too. He's he's in a band. Um, oh man, I'll have to think of the name. Uh, I think it's like Annalise, Annalise Company, I believe. I'll, I'll go back and, and correct that. But right. Yeah. So. He's a great guy and uh, great drummer. So we just had fun doing that. A little cool little summer project, you know. And I've never that was like the first little thing that I've put out. Uh, Can the people around be then. expecting something to be coming from you guys seriously soon? Or I soon that would or? be sweet. I've been be thinking cool. about that more and more. It just all depends on how much time I get at home. Right. Uh, next time around, if I especially if I move home in the next year or two, it'd be great to li- relink with him. And I know you've given me that look. <laughs> Hold on, we just said you were staying. Oh, well, I know, I know. Well, that's the thing. Me and Kai are like every time we go home, it's like it kind of hits us in the feels a little bit because we miss it. We miss our family. So You needed to take more flights. You know? I know. That is true. That is true. But we're, it's still just like we said two years. We'll move two years. That was two years ago. So, I mean, now we're doing two more years. So who knows? But I get it. Home is home. Home is home. For sure. Um, that's amazing. I really am going to demand some work from you too. Yeah. Especially if you do that. Do she move and move home? But. Hey, hey, come on now! <laughs> I'm we're not like we're gonna not see each other. Hey. I'll probably be honestly. I'm hopefully I'll keep this place. I just uh, rent it got out. a place here in yeah. Claremont and uh, hopefully rent it out or Airbnb it or something, make some money off of it, and then hopefully keep it clear a couple weeks out of the year so I can just sporadically come down and hopefully I'm working from home. I can use my laptop and I can just you know hang out here and see everybody for a couple weeks a year and then just live up there maybe full-time again. Just yeah, do a just got to make you some more money so you can just fly back home all the time. That's the thing, man. Got to get those clients, got to get the work flowing. So. Thomas Studios. Thomas Studios. Yeah, so uh, next question, because I think what attracted most from myself to you and I felt right off the bat that you were very responsible, you know? Um, 
I myself, I try to be, but I needed to be better, and I wanted to surround myself around people that are. Uh, you were a president of KA, at, you know, yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. How did that, like, elevate your responsibility? Because I remember at the time when we were living together, you were like, this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to delegate this. Like, how, how did that impact you for, like, now? Uh, well, it definitely taught me a lot about how people operate, you know. I guess you could say it's sort of like a business if you run like a fraternity because there's, you know, you set up fundraisers, you set up meetings, you deal with people every day. It literally felt like a business. And I had, say, 50 employees pretty much underneath me, you know, all the new members that we had to get and uh, all my exec team. I had, I believe there's nine people on our exec board. All those crazy fucks. All those crazy fucks. So, um, but that, it, I mean, I never really got to deal with people in that way. And it was cool to see how people treat you also. Like, I was their friend one moment. Now I'm this authority that I have to, like, be on their ass about stuff. And so they'd, like, they'd mess with you, you know, on purpose just to, like, get a leg up, you know. So, like, I, I really got to see how humans interact that way. <laughs> and it just, like, I don't know. It, it didn't, it, it upset me at first because I felt like I sometimes, like, I would have friends that, felt like they were taking advantage of me. But then I'm like, you know what? Like maybe if I was in their position, I'd be, you know, pissed off too. Me yelling at them for maybe screwing up the house or partying when they weren't supposed to and we were supposed to be in a meeting or whatever else, not paying their dues was a big thing. That was my job, you know. So I I had to, you know, be the authority and be a I guess a goody goody is if what you could say, keep everybody in line. If you could redo it again, do you believe because I kind of believe it to a certain extent that you have to roll with through fear, partially roll through fear, like roll like I mean like not oh, roll, roll like, through fear, roll through fear. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't so much. I mean, I did threaten a lot. Like you know, you can't come to these parties if you haven't paid. You can't do this if you you know don't show up to this event. You know. So I mean, I had to rule through like big time, uh, like authority as much as I could, you know, I mean, anybody at any point could have been like, fuck you. And just like walked away and I'd been like, all right, nothing I can do about it. But what I did have was the ability to like stop these guys from partying. And that was like the biggest thing, you know, like if they did, these guys didn't have parties, they were like, they were pretty screwed, you know, cause this was like all they wanted to do, meet girls and drink and fucking rage. And, uh, so I guess that was like a good thing to have that over them. So I could kind of force them to go to these events, whatever that was important that we were doing at the time. But it wasn't so much fear. It was more just, yeah, Iron Fist kind of ruling. So, Yeah, I ask just because I feel like there has to be some kind of balance of, like, having that super strict side and cool side. Like, I'm strict with you because you have to be on top of whatever you need to take care of or, like, blah, blah, blah. But if you get everything you need to get taken care of, like, let's rage. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It was kind of like go to work during the week at your school get your grades up, pay your dues, and we get to rage over the weekend and party and celebrate, you know, being with our friends and celebrate the hard work you do during the week. So it's a good payoff for a lot of people. And sometimes (laughs) my buddy Peter, he was social chair for a while. He's a crazy guy. He would literally be like nonstop calling me like party on Wednesday, party on Thursday, party on Friday, party on Saturday, danger on Sunday. It was like, oh my God, like I don't know if we can deal with this, you know. Crazy. But he was just trying to help, trying to get us, you know, out there and meeting new people, new girls, especially new sorority houses. So yeah. we're kind of still at the bottom a little bit. Now we've, I think Kay's got a house on the stacks in SDSU now. Brr, so they've brr. upgraded. Of course, right when the pandemic hits, they get all these upgrades and they can't really live it fully. But hey, it's better than 
where we're at when I started. So, right. Yeah. What was your uh, biggest obstacle being, you know, president of K? Biggest obstacle was probably trying to get people to pay. I mean, that was like right. money for those young kids was always hard because uh, a lot of them were just financing this shit themselves. So um, it was hard to like. There was also incentives, you know, like ways that we'd finance their dues. You know, there was like different things that we could help out with. We were also kind of in the negative budget wise for a while because we had a lot of debt from past members. So when we when right. I took over, I had to like start hitting alum up. Hey, we need donations. We had like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in debt that we had to, you know, get back to zero before we could actually start reaping the benefits of the fraternity. So a lot of the money that we were paying just went right into the into somebody else's debt, you know? So that was kind of discouraging for like the first year that I was in. And then when I took over, it was still, you know, the debt was still there. So we had to work on that. Me and my buddy, Matt Hartman, he's a really good guy, really good finance guy. And uh, yeah, but as far as obstacles, it was definitely the money. Yeah. It's always an issue. Money, man. Shout out to KA. Shout out to Jacob Handler, bro. Jacob Handler. Shout out to Jacob Handler. Shout out to the rest of the squad. But Jacob Handler really took me in like family, bro. Oh, like, yeah. You know? That guy was a freaking machine. Machine, bro. Got to <laughs> He was different. Uh, this one is something that correlates to both of us. Um, what was the impact that baseball gave you growing up? Yeah. It was my first sport that I played as a young kid. I was, I mean, t-ball, probably four years old. Maybe is a toss-up between golf and baseball, probably I started first, but I was more serious about baseball for a long time. But, yeah, it was just my first team sport, and I learned so much, and it was just so much fun. I think back, I think back to when all the tournaments that we went on and all the places that, it, to me, it felt like we were going all, all over the place, like almost felt like the whole world, but we were just in our tiny little spot in Washington, you know? Yeah. Whenever we drive two hours down to Kelso to do a baseball tournament for a weekend, it felt like we were driving across the country, you know? I was just like so excited. Where are we going? You've never been down here. Yeah, exactly. And, um, That's cool. It was just so much fun, and I have so many fond memories, made so many friends that are, they're, most of them are still my friends today. I go, whenever I'm home in Shelton, I still hang out with them, so... But, you know, since it's, like it's a thinking sport, let's dive in a little deeper real quick. Like, what do you feel like, for me, baseball taught me how to try to be, like, a couple steps ahead, always be ready, always be prepared. And, like, not only that, just to have fun with it. Because I went through a phase of, like, one year and a year and a half. Like, I'd strike out and I'd get so pissed at myself. And that was the wrong thing to do. I'm like, you're stupid, bro. Like, what's going on? Like, watch the ball. Like, just telling myself, like, good things and also bad things. Like, yeah. How did you like deal with it? Like, depending, I mean, you said you batted first for a while, but how do you feel like you dealt with like getting better? Did you have good coaches or like great coaches? My dad was my coach for the longest time. So, Mr. Landfear, you know, when you have your dad coaching it, he gets on your ass a little bit more, you know, what he's on your ass every step, you know, wants you to be better, you know, and the I didn't best. really <laughs> appreciate it as a kid, but now I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And yeah, taught me a lot of, a lot of discipline when it comes and a lot of patience, you know, but you also got to work for it you know sure. really work hard and and you'll see it in your performance and everything but i think baseball really taught me was to just kind of have short term memory a little bit you know if yeah. you screw up just like it never happened just with it. new new play new inning whatever you know new next batter up you're just you haven't even batted yet you're going at it 
first time, you know? Yeah. So going with a clear mind. Yeah. Clear mind. Don't, and don't step up there and be worried that, you know, you're going to strike out because then you will strike out if you yeah. have those thoughts. If you step up there like you're just going to crush a fucking homer every single time, I mean, you have a higher chance of doing it. Than yeah. Not, or know? just even just getting a base hit, starting at the basics. Like, I'm going to get a base hit. You know, yeah. here we go. Like, fresh start. So that's cool. Yeah. I, uh, it's it's nice to get a different perspective just because everybody has a different experience with baseball, you know? Yeah, that so. that can and that can be applied to anything, you know, like sales. If you strike out with a client, you know, on to the next fresh one. fresh memory. Start you got a new game. client, new everything, you know, golf, same thing. You make a bad hit, music, you screw up, or you make maybe a song didn't turn out the way you wanted. You just start over fresh. Don't worry about that, you know. Don't worry about the last song or whatever performance that you had. So, hell yeah. So I was lucky enough, you guys, to go visit Thomas during summer. We drove up to Shelton. Tell me about Shelton in summertime because that was something that changed my life. I had an epiphany out there. <laughs> so quiet, too, at night. I couldn't sleep for, like, three days straight. Like, everybody was going to be like, why do you look so tired? I'm like, I haven't slept. It's too <laughs> quiet. What was your epiphany? Dude, um... It was one night I was in your room and you were knocked and I, I don't know what I was doing in there because I where did I, I don't remember where I was sleeping. I was sleeping in the next room. I think. Probably in the back. Yeah, we have a back room. Yeah, the back room. I was in your room for a little bit just because I was, I was like, bro, I can't sleep. You're like, yeah, just chilling here for a bit, whatever. And then uh, I go out, then I go into the back room and I kind of went into that, like you showed me that Chance the Rapper video or the Vivo, mm-hmm. um, all smile, what is Smiley, whatever smile face. Yeah, the the the. Short film. The short film. The really good short film that really is impactful. Add something like that, like very negative at first, but then I stuck through and I knew it was going to be fine. And then I just saw so many different ways that my life can go. Yeah. Like in a negative way, but then all these different positive routes. And this is at the time when I was, you know, working double and I had to take the semester off and I was getting lost with alcohol and blah, 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 like, where I didn't know where I was going to go. But that night, bro, that night slash morning, like, I saw these different routes that I could go. One of them was just going back to school, getting shit together, and then finding, a, like, a sales position with a good product, which I didn't find till later. Yeah. Because it just so happened it coincidentally fall in my life, but I'd been thinking about it for a while, and I'd been looking, and nothing was for, like, my time. It wasn't worth it. But I really just saw how... Like, back when I was a kid, like, I had no fear. I saw that I can do literally anything I wanted to do. And, dude, ever since then, I feel that that was a huge shift for me just being out there, bro. I can't even explain what I saw. It was just, like, I went into another dimension of my life. And, like, like literally in the movies where you see all these different routes and paths you could take, that's what it was. Yeah. And then I got out of it, and then or eventually it ended. I think I knocked out. I woke up. I only slept for like an hour. I woke up and I was like, I need a shower. Yeah. And then it was like the morning time already. Like your mom was already about to start getting up and like making food. And like, she's like, Mark Anthony, are you hungry? I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like if I told you what happened to me last night, you would think I'm crazy. Was that a combination of tiredness and maybe, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, no, dude, that night we actually didn't even, uh, we didn't hit the the MJ at all. Like it was just literally lack of sleep bro like you can see and look up online too after a certain amount of hours your lack of sleep you start hallucinating yeah yeah like you're on drugs yeah so no it was just the brain 
doing its thing. And I think it just, it was mandatory, bro. Like you kept telling me, you don't understand. You don't understand what when you come out to Shelton. Like you think you're ready for it, but you're really not. <laughs> I wasn't. Like Yeah. I mean, I remember driving up, me and Johnny, uh, Mark's cousin, and uh, and I remember we started to see, like, we passed, I think, right into, uh, past Medford and Oregon, we're heading up, and we started to see, like, the big trees, finally, the evergreens, and you guys were like, I think Mark, uh, J- Johnny's been to Seattle before, but Mark was like, holy shit, I've never <laughs> seen a uh, fucking tree like that before, and you're, like, freaking out, <laughs> and then we got more and more into, like, uh, closer to portland and everything and i was like <laughs> and mark just kept freaking out more and more it was so funny i was, I was like, so I in love it was it. like love at first sight it's like when i saw you i was like that is my bro that is family right there like, yeah i know and then we had such a good time up there i mean i love washington especially during the summer it's just i don't think there's any other place like it on planet earth i mean you just have every it's like a it's like a playground for nature you it's know? like a movie yeah you go you can go anywhere i mean luckily fortunately i have a family that's you know, been there for so long. So we have all these properties we can go to right. like, like Cushman with beautiful man-made lake, you know, clearest water you'll see and clearest. just gorgeous Best water you'll taste. Gorgeous. Awesome place to stay too. Like the house is awesome. My grandma's place up at, by the Duckabush river. It's like unreal. You know, you got the seafood right off the beach. You can go pick some oysters and go cook it on the, on the, uh, shrimp campfire. right out the lake. Yeah. Shrimp right out the, off the canal, dude. It's just like salt water. Salt water. I was using the future reference. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's just so awesome. And that's why it's like, now that I'm down here, I get super, uh, uh, down yeah down during the summer because it's just like it's summer here all the time you know but up there it's something it feels some sort of way when it's been raining all winter and all spring and it's cold and then all of a sudden one day you wake up it's like 75 80 out and you walk outside and it's just beautiful and you hear the birds chirping bees and bugs are flying everywhere you're like everywhere and you just this feeling hits you right in the gut you're like yes baby summertime's here you know you get so excited here it's like it's 81 day you're like oh nice day i guess maybe Maybe i'll go to the beach i don't know you know up there it's like yeah shorts are on i've been waiting for this shit yeah yeah sprinkler you know you turn the sprinkler do a slip and slide me and my brother's done redneck hot tub where you've put a tarp (laughs) in the truck bed and fill it up with water and let it warm overnight you know, we're doing stupid shit. And so it's just like such a different feeling being up there during the summer. It's just gorgeous. Everything's awesome. Yeah, I'll never All forget. All the activities. I'll never forget. I think it's one of your family friends. He's like, yeah, you in redneck town now, son. <laughs> we ain't in the city no more. <laughs> it's funny how I do a southern accent, although we're in like fucking northwest Washington where there's like no redneck. Or like there's rednecks, but there's different kind of rednecks. Different. We're not even going to go into that because that's a whole other crazy That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> a whole other podcast on Rednecks in <laughs> Shelton, Washington. Shelton, Washington. <laughs> Bro, so uh, I hadn't even really asked you this even before this podcast, but like what was your COVID-19 experience? Because for me, I acted like it didn't even exist. Yeah. Well, you probably stayed busy throughout the whole thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, working hard. You, you Did you keep your job during the whole thing pretty much? Yeah, if you get in sales, you'll never get out of a job. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it was it was strange. <laughs> I remember I was I just started my engineering job, and um, mm-hmm. I remember sitting at at my desk. I was only like this was like I started like January fourth of twenty twenty. Right. So I was stoked. I was like, finally got my engineering job. Everything's great. Um, this is my career. You know, I'm gonna start. Hopefully, 
uh, you know, move up the ranks a little bit. And then if I don't like this company or whatever in like a year or two, then I'll just try to look for something else, you know, kind of be a millennial and move around. And, uh, right. it, like February, and I started reading online because I'd read, I'd get my coffee as kind of, kind of, I didn't have much work when I started because they were just trying to train me and all this stuff. So I'd get my coffee and, and I'd read news and I'd start to see like, Oh, this virus coming out of China, you know, what's looks kind of weird, you know, all the, they're starting to like study it. There may not be a threat. We don't know yet. And then I was reading Reddit threads about, about it and it just, it started to freak me out because everyone's like, dude, this thing's going to wreak havoc. There could be 10 million people dead by summer, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like I texted my brother about it. I'm like, have you heard about this like coronavirus shit going on? He's like, yeah, I've been reading about it. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling him all what I've read. Most of it was like hysteria because we didn't know what the fuck it was, you know? So we still don't know what it is. Yeah. So like late January, early February rolls around and it's just kind of ramping up more and more. China's starting to like maybe shut down or they're talking about shutting down. So I'm like, fuck this. So I went and bought a bunch of like (laughs) stupid shit, like saltine crackers, peanut butter. It's like, I'm never going to shit for during the pandemic. If shit the fan, you know, like I'm backed up for fucking two years with all that emergency food. I bought like canned chicken, not even canned tuna, like canned chicken. I bought like a roll of TPE, but it was like, the single ply make your asshole bleed TP. So I'm like, why the fuck? Now that I'm looking back, why the fuck did I buy the Charmin Ultra Soft fucking yeah? Why would you fifty put pack? Finger you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, what the fuck was I thinking? At least like in the if the apocalypse hit, at least wipe my ass with some comfort, you know? Yeah, but, fuck, you might as well be using your hand to wipe your geez. ass. Jeez, <laughs> so like that, but it actually came in handy because once all the toilet paper sold out, um, and we went for like probably three or four weeks without being able to find any toilet paper anywhere. So like we had to break into the reserve pack. So that actually saved us a little bit and it really wasn't that bad. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of crazy. And, and I, my brother and I were buying like gas masks and shit, like back in early February before we even talked about locking down or anything. And I remember all my, my roommate was laughing at me about it. My girlfriend was filming me like, look at this idiot thinks you were going to like have to like, I don't know, need that blah, blah, blah. And like, come to find out, you know, we did not not the one that I bought. That's a little too harsh, but you know, masks and everything. So I was kind of like, once we started locking down, it was, it didn't give me any comfort. But I was just like, fucking told you guys, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was right. They laughed before. But. Yeah, when I heard and read about it too, I was like, there's no way this is not coming. Like yeah. China, like that's a, China's bigger than us, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it was weird. And then I was still had my job till about mid April. Right. We, we I went home halfway through March to start working from home, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um, then they were like, "Hey, we don't really have any work, so we're gonna have to furlough you." And I was like, "Oh, great!" So they put me put me on like an indefinite or whatever you could call it furlough until July, mid July, and so I pretty much just didn't have they I didn't have any work until then. You know, I was whatever off the roster for a bit, but it was like if this thing pandemic goes well. And we start to get back to normal, um, then we can rehire you back in, in July or like just put you back on and give you work. But heard nothing for months. Emailed them like every couple of weeks, like, hey, what's going on? You know, they're like, we don't know yet. So sorry. Started laying everybody else off in the office that were even like higher up than me. So I was like, oh, this isn't good. Jesus. So then July hit and then they laid me off finally. So I was pretty bummed about that. But now that I think back on it, that. I, Whenever I went and sat down 
in behind that desk and started working, I just all I thought about was making music. Yeah, it's not your path, bro. Yeah, that's Never all. I th- that's all I thought about. I'm like, I'm just sitting here being a monkey behind a computer, you know, clickety clacking away. Some it was literally a, it <laughs> was, somebody else rich. It was literally a job that I could have gotten straight out of high school. You know, like I literally just sat behind a computer and worked on AutoCAD all day, and I'm like, I could have literally done this. Years ago. 18 years old, you know, I went through five years of college, civil engineering degree, and I'm sitting here. That's know? a big fish. Yeah. I know. Thomas I know you get a, smart as fuck, by the way. <laughs> I know you got to start somewhere and, you know, yeah. I'm grateful for the opportunity they gave me, but I was just like, you know what? Like I was even making music, uh, when I was like during that whole period that I was furloughed, I was making music and I'm just like, I love this so much more, you know? So, so that's kind of kept me sane. And I put out a couple of singles during and I did a lot of trips to Palm Springs. So overall, my pandemic experience was pretty fucking awesome, honestly. Like, that's good. I'm gonna think I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna look back on it as like a very calm, like great time to like be with my friend, be with my close friends, my roommates, Caden and his girlfriend, Jess. And then um, my girlfriend Kaya and we just like we had, we honestly had a great time and uh, I know that's amazing. Yeah. It's kind of hard and weird to say when there was so much crazy shit going on, you know, like death, people dying of this shit and uh, George Floyd stuff, and it was just like glad that I got a little bit of positivity out of that, you know. Yeah, dude, for sure. It's uh, not easy, but also, I mean, I think it happened the way it needed to, bro. I- no way I was going to let you be stuck in, you know, a job that you don't want to do. It's just you end up miserable, bro. Yeah. Not only that, I mean, like how you said, you love this shit, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it, it, after, especially after I was furloughed, I was like looking for jobs a little bit and um, just kind of taking my time. I ended up buying this place. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, I just, I don't know if I can do it again. I don't know if I can put, unless I got something that was different. Like if I was, I'd, I'd want to work out in the field or something, but it's like, you know, that's what this pandemic kind of taught me was like, just, I guess life's too short a little bit. I have a, definitely a leg up in life, you know, with my family and everything. And I'm so grateful for it's that. All good. So it doesn't like, matter. Everybody has different circumstances. You just yeah. got to make the most of it. So it. I'm very fortunate for that. And that's right. pretty much the main reason why I'm just like, you know what? I have this advantage and this opportunity. I might as well try it, you know, because no, I'm going to be well take the opportunity 40, 50 years old and I'm going to be kicking myself in the ass because I didn't try. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I'm glad you realized that because, I mean, you have no other choice and you changed that. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mark's going to beat my ass if I stop doing music. I, I can never beat Thomas's ass. I'd never lay hands on him, even if I'm really upset. Because you, you lay hands on me, but just not in that way. <laughs> I love Thomas. Don't worry about him. He's exclusive. He's a model. Um, but is is what you went over right now with your job? Was that like a defining moment for you to like change course seriously, or like what other like prior before that was like a huge like shift for you to like really just go for shit or whatever? Like that really just changed you and made you more motivated or whatever? Yeah. Um, well. I'd say even before, I mean, there's been many moments like that in my life. Um, like learning how to play guitar was a big shifting moment. Like right. it just opened a whole how different part of my brain. That? I think like eight years old when I started. <laughs> oh, big that's, fish. that's why starting young, I mean, it helps a lot because you're, right. you're just like nothing else to do. You're focused in. So like if I started to try to learn guitar now, I'd, I'd get about two months in and I'd quit, you know, because it'd just be, it's so difficult. I've been wanting to learn how to play piano 
it's like you gotta just you have so Big much. Big Sean's learning how to play. You can learn. You can. You gotta have so much determination, and you gotta have so Adderall. much drive for it. <laughs> no drugs. No, no drugs. drugs. Lots of coffee though. That that's a drug. Sorry to interrupt. Go uh, for it. No, it's good. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's. I mean, I I've always been. I felt. I feel like people tell me different. I feel like I've been an, like an introvert my whole life, trying to be an extrovert, and. When I graduated in 2019, I was like, well, now that's over. I got to fucking get out there and find a job. So, and I was so nervous about interviewing. I was even, I had to get about half lit just to go to a fucking career fair to talk to strangers, you know? I was just like so nervous for that. And something clicked when I was like towards the end of my college career. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, why am I worried about complete strangers, you know, even if it doesn't work, they'll forget about me in five seconds. Yeah, you know, people judge you no matter what you yeah. do. So it's like, there's going to be judgment, there's going to be whatever. It's like, that was kind of a, I feel like that was a defining moment for me to just kind of say, screw it. Like, what do I have to lose? I only have something to gain out of this, Nothing to lose. you know? So I think that's a good mindset for a lot of things. You got to weigh it out. Like, this is only going to do good for me. Because I'm either going to fail and I'm going to learn so much from it, or I'm going to succeed and I'm going to get something out of it, you know? So that's like, I feel like a good way to approach anything, you know? Like everything. everything. Nothing to lose and everything to gain. Exactly. So, unless it's like something serious, like you're going in for a surgery or something and you're like you're a doctor and your hands are shaking. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's yeah. like, I don't know. It, it was just, that was a big defining moment. So then after that, I was like, I'm just going to get out there and put myself out there and try to, I guess, interview and kind of kick that, that gut feeling that scares you, you know, like if you do it so much, you get comfortable doing it. So I think I thought about doing that again, just to like get that skill. Cause it is a skill to be able to go out and talk to people and interview and pandemic definitely doesn't help with like talking to people, you know, cause you've been stuck inside and hiding away from the world for so long. Now you got to go back out there and like do it all over again and relearn how to talk to people and, and everything. So, yeah, but it's, um, I could send you some stuff too. Have you ever filled up, you know, like that? I mean, I know you don't have to go interview people, but for you to get, build a client base and more of a client base, you're going to have to start talking to even more people and messaging more people. But you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can learn how to, you know, master this kind of thing. I've, I feel that I've been practicing my whole life since I was a kid, bro. Like seven, six years old, seven years old, I'd show up to family parties with candy that I'd like either bought or whatever got from Halloween and that were still good, and I'd go sell it. Yeah. I'd just go walk around with a bag of candy, cute-ass kid, and, hey, you guys want to buy some candy? Yeah, that's funny. And that's just, it's it's, it's not even sales. It's, you got to be in the people business, bro. You learn yeah. people. You learn how to, you know, get them engaged, ask them about what they like. You be a little observant and... Uh, yeah doesn't matter you got it that's the thing i mean i although i've never done sales i'm pretty much doing sales i'm selling my product i'm selling mm-hmm. what my skills what i'm doing so i have to pretty much i have to be good at sales i have to be good at talking about myself i have to be good at talking about my my craft and my skills and everything and being personable and being a team you know team player and being able to listen to people and stuff and i feel like i've always been fairly good at that i developed those skills yeah, through my life sure. with the fraternity and uh you know sports and everything else so no even before that and you know my jobs that i've had in the past so um yeah i think uh you've always been really good at listening to people when we first met the first day we went to the pool and we had deep conversations like we were best friends already like it was pretty insane i know that was like yeah that was i wish i could go back and 
to see us conversating. I, I think we, I know the cover we were, art for this. You know? uh, yeah, I think I know the cover art for this podcast. We got to find that vid- or photo that we took of ourselves uh, with the GoPro. Yeah, at the, at the pool. Yeah, yeah. I got. I, I think I still have that. We'll have to cut Michaela out. Uh, <laughs> not Michaela. We we'll have to cut her out of the photo. Um, damn, bro, this is an amazing episode. Thank you, guys. If you're still tuned in, uh, shout out to Coors Banquet, our biggest sponsor. This is the first podcast I've actually had without a drink of you guys. Uh, it's a little too <laughs> early in the morning for me. Still got to work, but uh, shout out to Coors Banquet. We're getting you uh, to supply our beer, and we will sell more for you every single time on every single podcast. Like, I'm not even drinking. I'm still sell- selling your shit. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what else do you like to do on your free time besides music? What else? What else is your passion? So I've been really getting into golf. I know everybody and their mother has lately, but it's been so much fun. I mean, I, I like I said, I started playing. I took probably took my first swing with a golf club when I was like four years old, and um, and I just been getting hooked. We now we have a group chat of like twenty dudes, like all my all my <laughs> buddies, yeah, and we're so all just cool. like, hey, wants to play this time? This you know over here. I just uh, paid for. Um, I signed up for the membership down at Tecolote Canyon, which is the golf course right below my place here. And it's super cheap, and it's just an exec course, but it's 18. Got a couple of par fours, so we go out there and play and have a couple of beers. It's so much fun. I mean, you really get into it, and you really get, uh, I don't know, get get some fresh air and get out there and enjoy, you know, being alive a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's beautiful. A, and it's, it's a, a mind way. game, you know, so you work your mind, you work your skills, and, uh, you know, you get better at it. So. See, everything that Thomas does, he has to have his brain incorporated for the most part. I love it. Golf, oh, yeah. Baseball, engineering, production. What else you got? Come on. I know you're a civil engineer. What else? Oh, man. What else? What else? Are you talking what else I do in yeah, my spare time? Whatever. Yeah. Well, I like to, I mean, exercise, I think that's a huge part of anybody's daily routine. Kaya, my, my girlfriend, she's got a great little uh, exercise course that she does, and she has a website and merch, and she's just starting all this stuff. Over the last couple of months, I'm really proud of her. And I think, ex- I mean, exercise is like the most important thing you can do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's your health. You only got, you know, what do you have if you don't have your health? You know, nothing. So Health it, is wealth. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you can have all the money in the world and you are got cancer. It's like, well, that's it. You can't take that shit with you when you go. So keep yourself healthy and get out there and exercise. Get some sunlight, man. Don't be cooped up inside like me, like in, you know, in the dark. I try to get out as much as I can and just go on walks, enjoy some, you know, nature walks, fresh air, exercise, going to run. I mean, even if you just walk a couple miles a day, I mean, that's, that's great. You know, yeah, that's, every day. Yeah, yeah, every day. Just maybe in the afternoon after dinner, walk off your dinner, whatever you need to do. To, this is a good way, you guys, to you know figure out what you want to do with yeah. your life. For the people that are lost, everybody gets lost sometimes. Go work out. Yeah, I promise. Somewhere along the way, you're going to be thinking about your life with the music and just get lost in it. Yeah, and you blow off some steam, and you know, I think it's kind of. Uh, not so much a sin, but it's almost a waste if you go your whole life without seeing your potential of what your body can become and, you know, what your physique can, if you build your physique, you can build your mind and like, it just kind of, they're interchangeable. They're one and the same, you know? So you don't have to be like gung ho, you know, taking supplements and shit and 
going crazy working out five hours a day. That's all marketing but, bullshit. Yeah. But it's all marketing bullshit. Everybody's body's different. So just find what you like and what you like to do that'll keep you active and do it. You know, there's no shame in just maybe, like I said, going on a walk or going on the elliptical for two hours a day or 20 minutes a day. Mm. You know, 30 minutes of exercise is pretty much all you need a day. Exactly. And getting some sunshine. So. And you need it, by the way. Yeah. And if you're up in Washington, you can't get sunshine, take some vitamin D, goddammit. Because <laughs> you need that shit. <laughs> Protects you against COVID. So this one is a question that I've asked on a previous podcast, but I really like this question because everybody has a different perspective on it. Um, if you had a friend that just graduated high school and they were asking for advice what to do with their life, just as a suggestion... What would you tell them to do? Yeah. Well, honestly, <laughs> I know it sounds kind of weird coming from me who went to a four-year university and tried to get my and got my civil engineering degree and all this shit. But honestly, if you can't afford that, if you can't don't have the time or whatever, or don't think you can get into a certain place like that, go to trade school, learn a trade, learn something that is valuable like a skill that's useful to people building shit welding shit uh go to lineman school do you know there's there's different opportunities that you can do that doesn't involve having to go through all the hoops and and jumps to get to a four-year university you you don't have to be a sheep you don't have to go and you know pay a hundred thousand dollars to get your degree in lesbian dance theory you know like just go be go work in trades there's no shame in that and you can make so much money right off the bat so if you do it right, yeah. yeah. If if you do it right, you I mean, and you can branch off and do anything with it. You know, you could be an electrician, a contractor, whatever. You know, that's kind of what I kind of wish I did uh, starting off because I mean, I went through all this schooling and all that money and everything. And granted, I didn't work super hard to find a civil engineering job, and uh, but I kind of wish I would have because that stuff interests me more than civil engineering ever did. You know, construction work, contracting work. Uh, you know, building homes like my dad does. Yeah, I, I that's love a real that skill shit. you can utilize for yeah. yourself later, later down the line. And it's a, yeah. And there, there's always going to be, you know, demand for people building houses, construction, everything. It's never going to end. So always. welding, trade, all that stuff, roofing, whatever, concrete work. It's nitty gritty shit. But if you got that skill and you're good at it, tiling, I mean, you can make so much money and so much. for way less debt that you carry for 10, 20 years. So. Yeah, if any at all, you can get sponsors or scholarships. You can yeah. get all these different ways of doing it. That's one thing I'd recommend. If you are going to do the route of going to school, going to trade school, going to this, going to that, apply to scholarships. That's where I messed yeah. up. Apply to scholarships, get busy. I would say fuck school for the six months that you're out. Just go get in one of these programs where you can go travel. They'll pay you for your living expenses. You work for them a couple hours a day, and then you can do whatever in the yeah. foreign country that interests yeah. you. And then you can travel the world at the same time. Yeah, and travel the world, expand your horizons, expand your mind. And while you're out there, think about what you want to do. Yeah. I will say doing the trade route is not, I mean, you're not obviously going to get the same experience as if you went to a four-year university. You know, all the social uh, parts, all the, you know, parties, memories, all that stuff. You're pretty much paying for like a social community for yeah. four years pretty much is what it the is. experience it's yeah the biggest fucking business in yeah all of you it really States. is so i mean and those you can't put a price tag on those you know i have so many memories that from college that i literally you can't 
ever for sure. pay for. Yeah, I met this know, beautiful so. man in college. Look at this motherfucker. God. <laughs> you know, I met all these people, all these friends, you know, and you could still meet those people in a trade school and whatnot, but different experiences, different strokes for different folks. So, But trust me, if you succeed with your trade school, you succeed doing your own business and you succeed doing these other things, those experiences will come maybe in a different way. Yeah. But they will come. Yeah. Just, you know, put yourself out there and work hard and, you know, you're going to see some kind of benefit out of it. Yeah. And if you don't, then switch it up. Don't follow the same path that you keep failing on, you know. I mean, what's the definition of insanity? Like fucking repeating the same shit over and over it's and expecting a new error. result. Trial you know? and error, trial and error, yeah. trial and error, you know. So just switch it up. If you're not having any success in some places, you know, there's no shame in doing something different or flipping the script a little bit. Yeah. Don't put yourself in a box. Get out of the box, break through that motherfucker and just exactly shoot for the moon, shoot for the next galaxy. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm buzzing, cousin. It's fucking two cups of coffee. I'm fucking jaw jacking. I don't even know what happened with my coffee. Can we just take a commercial break? And by the way, this is a perfect time to introduce, uh, by the way, since he said roofing, green ladder roofing. If you need to roof, hit me up. Whether you're in a commercial, you work with the property, or whether you live at a home, if you need a free roof inspection, complimentary, we'll come out. Come check it out. Uh, we'll come check it out let you know what's going on. Or if you just want a second look. Let us know. Even a second look. You never know. That's very rare these days is that complimentary, uh, you know, roof inspection or, or estimate anyway because a lot of the time people ask for, hey, I need 80 bucks just yeah. to come out and check it out. So, I mean, take that up for sure. Yeah, and we're lead green associates, by the way. And if you don't know what that means, we literally, uh, if we do, if you guys do decide that it's a good opportunity or good time for you guys to proceed with us, all of our products, all the stuff we use, is literally the best for the environment. Yeah. Lead green, green ladder roofing, everything green, you guys. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. All right. Be back in a moment. All right, you guys. Our intermission's over. Um, next topic. Give me a little bit of your music taste and recommendations. I know it's changed a little bit, but there's progressively still the same stuff. And actually, I would like for you to give me some more recommendations on music because I need some... We got some... Oh, shout out to young Kyle. Come on in. Come on in. We got like 15 minutes left, baby. Can I grab this sweatshirt? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Come in. Yeah, come on in. This is your house. Are you? You're on it? Yeah. We're on it. Oh, we're, we're We shouted you out. Hey, Kaya got the best merch out on the market. I'm about to yes, drop a does. bag on that shit. I'm going to get her on the stock market. K-A-I-A-D-A-L-B-O-R-A.com, right? Dot co. Dot co. Come here. Come here and say that over here. Come over here. Someone stole my .com domain, so... Uh, How could they do that? Stick with that. .co. .co. Yeah. She's got a nice uh, bonfire uh, website with all her merch. Hell yeah. Get Workouts, it sent straight to you. Athleisure. Come yeah. hang. Get sweaty. That's Find right. some grounding. Mm-hmm. By the way, you guys, Office of the Day is going to host Kaya like, next week, if not this week. Um, oh, yeah. I have a great episode coming up soon. <laughs> I just like made some... Hand movements like, <laughs> like they me, can but see but it. Nobody can see anything. <laughs> no, no, no visuals yet, but audio One for day. sure. Get some YouTube videos up. Yeah, that'd be sick. No, this week or next week we're gonna get our podcast. It's gonna be big. Hell yeah! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you sound good on there. Fuck. Thank you. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> call her daddy. Yeah, I've got call her daddy. Yeah, shout out to call her daddy. Oh, yeah. Shout out to call her daddy. Cooper. Alex Cooper. <laughs> Alex Cooper. Shout out Kaya again because. Uh, we needed her to go viral. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, that's back on the music taste. I mean, there's been some crazy 
like pop punk shit going on lately, which I'm super stoked about. Travis Barker's been like collaborating <laughs> with all these like they're like I thought they were rappers, but I guess they're into like this cool new wave of pop punk. Like um, Poor Stacy, he's putting out some Travis Barker shit that's so good. Hills of Eyes by Poor Stacy's so good. You have um, Kenny Hoopla, who's like this. Uh, he's getting into the Travis Barker shit. I mean, Travis Barker's producing his new album. You're good, Kai. You can go. You're good. Um, love you. Kenny Hoopla's putting out a new album. I like how you say I love you, and I didn't. <laughs> Well, I love you. Shit. <laughs> uh, Kenny Hoopla's putting out a new album with Travis Barker. I think that drops in like three or four days. That's going to be pop punk. Fucking, I'm so stoked for that. Um, we got Turbo, who's a, uh, like a guy out of Canada who's like doing some like, it's almost like hip hoppy. I don't even know what the hell you'd call it, but it's really fucking good. You got, he wrote a song called Bo Exotic. I'll, I'll show you after. Okay. Um, and his album Cocaine and Fireworks comes out on Friday. Cocaine and Fireworks. That's oh, a yeah. name for an album. Right. So that's sick. It's, it's, I'm super excited for that because this guy's been putting out fucking heat and he's, and he's only been dropping singles. Inspo. He has like four singles and that's it. And so this is like four singles. That's total? it. That's, that's but his whole fire music singles? repertoire on Spotify anyway. Yeah. So he's putting out a full, full length album. And Is it he's safe also, to say he has hella arsenal that he's just saving? You think? Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's like a 15, 16-track album, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. But no, but aside to that, you think he has like hella arsenal that he's just going to save for a while? And then- Probably. I think he's on SoundCloud, too, but that's all his shit that he kind of started off okay. with. I think he's signed to Internet Music. I think that's what the label's called. Oh, okay. Something yeah. like that. They have a, you Whoever's listening that knows more about that shit than I do, They they have a lot of big guys right now, so... Big people in the hip hop industry, so been listening to a lot of that, and I'm really stoked about the Travis Barker just like producing all these like it's like rap and uh, pop punk combined. Like MGK put out tickets to my downfall last year with Travis, and it's like half rap, half fucking hip uh, uh, pop punk, and I was like, holy shit, That's blew dope. my fucking minds because I'm like trying to get down that pop punk rap game and i've been doing that for a couple of years now you yeah. know so i'm just like dude like i feel like these guys are speaking to me right now like they this are. is the way i can like slide in you know they are Hopefully. you keep making your tracks and yeah. you keep putting it out and you start doing more of that and shit who knows yeah. i might just dm them and send them your chat oh shit fuck i know that's the thing though they probably get about 900 million dms a day yeah so does neil patel when i interviewed him that's true shout out to neil patel shout out to neil patel thank you man keep inspiring he actually dropped a video today saying that I was going to ask you like what books you recommend, and even if you don't, you know, give a fuck about books. He even said YouTube is a new college. I go on blogs. Yeah. I go on the internet. I go on this. I go on that. You know, you don't need books because they're most of them are outdated. It takes one year, two year for them to actually publish before the editing and yeah. editing and everything. So it's like old news slash new news slash good news. But like, you can get knowledge from anywhere yeah i know i mean you got an endless resource right at your fingertips you pay 50 dollars a month for internet or a hundred dollars a month for verizon or whatever you got internet you can fucking literally learn or see anything like i'm about to download a music theory app because i'm doing this class at studio west right now uh to learn about digital production so uh, i had my first class last night and uh, this guy's like teaching us all about music theory and I've been avoiding it for years because I'm like, this shit is like so, it's like learning a new language, you know. It's like me like, trying to learn Japanese. It's like you got to learn all, no, it's like yeah, I'm not it even is. kidding. It, yeah, it's no, like it's, all these different symbols and you're just like, your mind's blown, you know. But it starts to become like 
a language to you. It'll click one day if you just keep working at it. So I'm going to download this app and just, I mean, that's just the power of the internet and what we have in our, in our hands. I mean, it's a, it's beyond anything that Star Trek or anything could have like predicted. So Yeah, and I just thought of an idea that we're going to execute. And it's not going to happen overnight, and it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen in the next month. But Thomas Studios is going to drop an app. And what is the app going to contain? How to help produce music, whatever. We, I'm gonna, we're going to work out the details, but Thomas Studios, TS, that would be a dope app. Yeah. I think we should do that. Like Logic Pro production tips right yeah, on your phone. Yeah, exactly. Logic Pro, GarageBand, like yeah. a little versatile-ass application for people that whatever. you know. Some yeah. people can get Logic, some people can't. I'm a little late to that game. There's, a, I, I mean, when I started off doing GarageBand and Logic shit, it was... Uh, I, that's all I did was read, watch videos of people yeah. doing that shit. So I've even thought about like, since I'm into one genre pretty much, like that I'm decent at, I could just teach that one genre because yeah, it's exactly. not so much exposed yeah. on Logic Pro. You know, I've I've tried to look for videos on explaining shit that I haven't found. So I'm like, I could just that's find those niche, then. and then just put them online and you know, whatever. Dude, that's a little bit amazing. of income. That's amazing. If you so we get views. Hey, we will get views. Over time, we will get views. We're going viral. We're going big. We're going only big shit. Yeah. Big, big fish shit only. Shout out to G <laughs> shit. Shout out to God Familia. We have a couple more topics that we're going to go over um, as well. This one's deep. What does your family mean to you? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, they're like my best friends pretty much, you know? Like, they're it's everybody that really matters in life. It's it's family. They're always going to be there for you. And especially my family, they've done so much to um, support me and everything that I've wanted to do in my life. And I mean, just so much love and so much uh, support. And I just, I, ne- I literally will never be able to repay them unless I like, you know, someday I'll take care of them, you know, but it's just like, even then it's still, yeah, it's, it means so much to me that they've, Help me out, and they've supported. They're like my number one fans of my music, of course. And uh, you know, my brother's just so stoked about music stuff as well, and he's just always supportive of me. And shout out to big and my grandparents and my grandma Joan and my and my cousins. That I just went to a wedding. Alive. Yeah, my grandpa Rick, and um, yeah, it's just my my whole family is just just so awesome, and I'm just so thankful for that. You know, there's not. Not many fuck ups in the family, there, if any, you know. Not any fuck ups. Any, we all fuck up. It's and even good. if, yeah, even if they were fuck up, we'd love them endlessly, and we'd always be there for them. So, I mean, I I even feel like a fuck up sometimes, and everybody does, you know. So, just yeah, I mean, I just it's great that I was born with this kind of life, and, and I'm thankful for it every day. What is something that I mean when you? We are financially free. That you want to do because I, I there's so much good in your heart, bro. And I think I felt that off the rip, and you felt it off me too. Like for me, I want to go build a couple hospitals in Colombia. You know, dang, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna build it. I'll maybe have your dad's company go out there. Shit. Well, <laughs> my dad's got about one more year, and he's retiring. Oh well, he'll give me some of his guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what well, is there anything because? I truly believe, like, there's no way you're this lucky or I'm this lucky that we've been put in a position that we have endless opportunity. Yeah. My mom instilled in me since I was even shorter than what I am. Little little motherfucker. You can't always help people, Nana. Pero cuando tienes chance, es necesario. 
I said, when you have the chance, you have to do it. It's mandatory. What What do you think you'd like to do for others when you're able to? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing with my music stuff now. You know, I have so many friends, close friends that I hear their talent. I hear their, um, what they can create. And it's like, I'm like, why is that not out in the world making not only you happy that you have that out, but other people happy because music can, it impacts impacts everybody differently and it even helps people out of terrible spots in life, you know? So it's like, I want to be able to give that opportunity and gift to people that don't know how or don't maybe don't have the money for it or whatever like i would just want to because if you have you know that talent and if you have every like you should be out there and and uh you know just just working on it and getting your music out there and getting people i don't just enjoying it that's amazing so you want to spread positive energy and make people happy make people smile make more people than you can even fathom yeah yeah so it's i mean that's i've always wanted that and um yeah and even other things like giving back to the community and yeah dive deeper dive deeper yeah like specifically Uh, if you can come up with something or something that i feel like you've probably known since you were little yeah well my dad like i said would build homes and is a contractor i mean it would be great to do something like that you know be able to build homes for people and even like i don't know volunteer doing something like that would be great giving back to whatever communities that you can you know, be a part of and help out. So I feel like I have the skills and knowledge I could be, you know, yeah. useful asset to like a community to help them out, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot more people unfortunate than me that, you know, I should be giving back and helping them out. So that's definitely something that I'd want to try to work towards and do, you know, when I'm not doing yeah, what I'd, I'm doing now. I asked this specifically just cause I mean, you being my friend and me going where I'm going, we have endless possibilities of giving back you know yeah and i'm willing to obviously like how everybody else does like come from my own pocket and give back to you know you see even in shelton like people that are living really good and people that aren't yeah really really, really you're gonna find that in kind of all walks of life everywhere yeah so it's just yeah it's cool man i think we have a lot of stuff but i think what i want to do like with your dad, since he knows a lot of people in the construction businesses, be able to, like how you said, build these homes or build a community home for people that don't have money or even build, like, go give back to the families in different locations, like on these shows where they go and help a random family that went through some shit that yeah. couldn't have, like, because of where they lived, their house got wiped away, you know? Yeah. like, And even, like, doing something helpful it doesn't have to be building a home or maybe even donating money you could like volunteer and help kids you know get into sports and expose them to the love of sports and you can be there and mentor them yeah you know and say hey you know like this is is, really what sticks with you yeah that's what resonates especially when you're young you have somebody that you look up to i know everybody's got that one person that sticks with them through their life that they had as a kid in high school or whatever that one teacher or that one uh, uh, coach or whatever, you know, so it's just even doing something like that, you're giving back. Yeah. And that resonates with you longer than the money will or whatever that just was given to you. So don't think that donating money is like the only route, you know, or cause you can go do anything. You could do landscaping for your park and help clean up the park. Yeah. Money things and everything. So anything. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, um, 
This is another deep question. These these are really deep. What <laughs> did you struggle with growing up? Because we all struggle with stuff. What did I struggle with? Um, I had a pretty big accident when I was a kid that was like a big, is like probably the biggest uh, defining factor in my life, deciding factor. Um, I had, was in this big accident, big head injury, had to be airlifted to from Shelton to Seattle, which airlifting is like maybe a 10, 15 minute flight, but driving is like two hour drive. So Sheesh. I had to be airlifted and go into like immediate surgery to make sure I wasn't, you know, bleeding in my brain and all this stuff. And it was a very traumatic experience as a kid, but, um, I made it out thankfully, you know, pretty much unaffected. If anything, it made me, uh, better. <laughs> Way better. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, Sorry, what's the question? I'm losing my train no, of thought. No, you answered it. Um, how did you surpass and know you were going to get there? Was it your family that helped you get through it? Like, yeah. what? What? How did you overcome this huge obstacle that you went through? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The huge. Yeah. Duh. Um, That's okay. It's okay. I don't. It was just definitely. Yeah, it had a lot to do with my family, but it had a lot to do with like my friends and sports and community and everything. You know, like that. I just, I, I guess I didn't realize it at the time. Um, but once I got, a, as a kid, I didn't really care. For some reason, I had all this confidence after this shit happened. And um, and something kickstarted in my brain. I started to, like, get uh, academic awards in, like, first, second, third grade. Um, at my, I went to a Christian sc- private Christian school as a kid. And uh, and it was weird because when before the accident, when I was in kindergarten, uh, my teacher had to pull my mom aside and was like, "Hey, <clears throat> your your kid isn't doing well. He's throwing tantrums if he doesn't understand stuff, and we might have to put him in some kind of special learning and all this stuff." And then once I got hit, I was like able to focus and got my like I was just like a different kid. It was the weirdest thing. Something must have clicked in my brain when I got smacked. But once I got older, I started to get a little self conscious over it because it affected the nerves in my face, so I couldn't like. I can smile like a normal person could smile. Like my, I had to like relearn the nerves in my face to make my eyes like coordinate. It's like oh, it's, it's a weird thing that a lot of people would never be able to understand. But it it's I've been told many times it's not noticeable, you know. And uh, but it's noticeable to you're beautiful. I it's noticeable to somebody that you know has it, obviously, you know, because I think I'm I look off or whatever, but. That just affected me growing up. I was always self-conscious of what I look like and does my face look weird, you know? Does my smile look like sideways or weird, you know? You're beautiful. And uh, that really affected me growing up and it still does every day. I think you need to stop thinking about that, bro. I know. It's gotten a lot better and it also kind of affects like if I want to do like live music. Like even when I'm up there, I'm like, oh, like people are looking at me they might notice my face is not normal or something like it's always a thought that crosses my mind when i meet new people i'm always thinking like do they notice do they notice that my face is different blah 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 you know and it's it's a, it's a kind of a just an irrational fear but it's also something that i need to work on and get over eventually and i think i will one day but it's definitely gotten better since i was a kid you know growing up you're always self-conscious about everything you know your weight your height you know, the way you talk and behave. Social media, or not even social media at the time, TV, all this other bullshit uh, ads, advertisements, there's propaganda everywhere. Yeah. I wasn't really affected by that growing up either, you know? Like, it was mainly just how I felt my my peers looked at me and, um, 
you know, obviously like everybody's dealt with bullying at some point in their life. <clears throat> it's never really been, it was never really bad in my life, thank God, but I did get bullied, you know, and there was those times that really hit me and, but you know, everybody gets over it and they deal with it in their own way. You know, you either get over it or you don't, but I think you should, if you should deal with that because that shit will carry on for the rest of your life and it'll trans transfer into your children, you know? So you got to make sure you deal with that before you grow up. We all go through stuff, you guys. I forever grew up with beautiful skin and then started going through puberty and I got cystic acne, you know? Yeah. So, like, bro, like, don't worry about it. We all have our stuff. Like, still to this day, I deal with acne. And, you know, that definitely fucks with you, you know? Like, I had, like... And then I saw this other kid that... He really had it bad, bro. Like, I'm talking, like... Like, in the, like what you see online. And, like, huge welts looking, like, on his face. And somebody at school... It was at PE. They were talking to him. And they were, like... Or they were just... Not even talking, and they were being disrespectful. Like, yeah, what the fuck? You don't wash your face. Like, you look yeah. fucking disgusting. Like, all that type of shit. Kids are mean. <laughs> yeah, kids are mean. And these are these were older kids. Like, we were yeah. seventh, eighth grade at the time, and adults can be the same way too. You know. Yeah, it's just I was like, I I stepped up. I was like, hey, don't fucking talk about the homie like that. And he wasn't even my friend, but I was like, yeah. don't fucking talk to him. Don't talk yeah. to him like that. You have some negative shit to say. Keep it to yourself. We all have our own shit we're dealing with. Like, yeah. After that, he shook my hand. He was like, thank you so much, bro. Like, I don't deal with this negative shit because it's just it, I overlook it and I do what I can. And sometimes it gets to me later. I'm like, bro, please. I mean, look at my face. I deal with it too. I know it's way less than what you have. But, yeah, you know, like everybody goes through their stuff. Anybody that's still listening, thank you guys. And seriously, we all are different. Embrace your differences. Do what you can. Like for me, like. I've been reading Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Thank you so much for that book. Um, and in the like fifth page, he tells you like how he got molested, how he got this, how he got that, how he had really bad acne, and then he took Accutane. I'm going to just do Accutane, man, because I have a lot of – I think it's the stress. Also, alcohol doesn't do good for your skin. No. <laughs> you Diet know. too. Diet, yes. Your skin looks great. Thank you. I've been I've been working on it a lot, but I'm about to do this. Accutane is gonna really fuck me up for a couple months. But after that, yeah. be careful. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's I, it's gotten to the point where even I just have to do it. Like I have to get out all these toxins with food, water, and unfortunately, this crazy ass medicine that makes you break out all bad. Then after that, supposedly you don't have acne for the rest of your life. Um, but uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, we're it's dealing okay. with technical difficulties. We sound like aliens. There we go. There we go. Yeah, man. Uh, embrace it. Don't worry about it. You're beautiful. I love your smile. Like, you know, I love everything about you, bro. Like, you love you got too, me man. out of a really dark place, bro. Like, you did Johnny Ibanez, J.P. Balarezzo, John Patrick Atherin, Christian Perez. I've been lucky to have all you guys be there for me, you know. Um, so don't worry about it, bro. We're gonna dive out of this topic because I get a little emotional, and I'm, we don't we don't fucking show emotions. But um, always here for you, man. Thank you. Me too. Um, let's just dive in really quickly about these stocks. If you guys, we're not financial advisors. We're some young kids looking to make more, looking to make more, and you got to get in this investment shit. If you live at home, I need you saving thirty three percent of your 
every check you're making or whatever the however the fuck you're making money, save it, put it aside, and then get into these different companies. My biggest stock right now is IDEX, Ideonomics. Electric vehicle company that is going to be the next big thing. It's going to be the next Tesla. They're already huge in Japan. They have literally every kind of electric vehicle to semis, to motorcycles, to this, to that. Tesla. Um, what What's the company you just named earlier? Uh, I'm into Virgin Galactic Holdings. Virgin Galactic Holdings. It's a commercial space flight uh, company. They're trying to get people into space regularly. They've been doing, uh, I think they've had a couple of successful test flights so far. So I think, I don't know when they're trying to put their first people up there. I thought it was this year, but they've been keeping pushing it back because of the pandemic. So hopefully soon their stocks shot up like tremendously over the last week. Let's see what this did 28% over the last week. Last month it did 87% because it, it took a huge dump and then just shot straight back up because Blue Origin, Amazon, they're doing their flights, and they sh- I think they shout out to Virgin Galactic, so it brought it up. Hell yeah, Safe Moon, Dogecoin. Um, Those else? are volatile, and you can really lose your ass, but you can also make a shit ton of money. So be you very, can, be very but careful. You have to learn how to hold. Be ca- very careful, but once you buy in, just forget about it for a bit. Thomas yeah. Lanfear, the beautiful man right in front of me, said, "When you get in the stock market, you need to." realize that your money that you put in you can't touch for at least a year at the very minimum but really you want to keep your shit in there for two to three years at the very minimum yeah to see any real gains i mean right now we're up 10 or i'm not we're we're not up thomas is up 10 fucking thousand in dogecoin got in very lucky very lucky (laughs) no luck i went out on a a thank you elon fucking did it but um yeah if you're getting into the stocks and i'd recommend first and foremost getting a portfolio that is permanent um, that's going to be there set you up set your kids up for the next 20 30 years and then once you have that and you're putting money into that set you could don't you don't need to put a big amount you just put 100 bucks in 50 bucks just as long as you're putting money in every week and not spending it on bullshit like beer or fucking ubers to pb or cars or fucking yeah just phones, you gotta set yourself up for shoes. the future because you set yourself up right now especially if in your mid-20s young 20s you will thank yourself when you're 45 50 because that thing is just gonna just make absolute just a killing over the i mean think about where we were 20 years ago with the stock market and look at we are today i mean you could just make so much and it's just sitting there and just collecting and, and especially if you do it in some safe stocks, like things that are always going to be around. I mean, you have Disney, Google, hopefully. Diversify your portfolio. Diversify. And always, you know, if you see some trends, you know, whatever, don't be afraid to maybe throw a little bit of money in there because you've got to be able to risk it. Got to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you can do a permanent stock portfolio, right? And then do a maybe a day trading stock where you start to like really play around with numbers and you know, buy a little bit here, sell here, do this. And don't have those two be the same. You know, the long-term one is one that's going to stick around for a long time, right? You're not touching that. You're only putting money into that and diversifying it, making sure you're in mostly safe stuff that's going to give you more interest than a fucking bank would. And then do banks your... Banks don't give you shit. Yeah, banks don't give you shit. And then do your your small account where you're just doing day trades and that's the money that can be liquid in case you need to pull it out for whatever reason. Say you fucking... I don't know, crash your car and you can't pay for it, then you, you know, your day trading account can be pulled out and then you just pay off whatever. So make sure you have that security blanket because when you're, you know, your parents' age, you're going to be thanking yourself. Yeah. And get on, if you don't believe us, get on YouTube. You can start researching on your own. 
do your own due diligence. And on top of that, take the risk, man. I took too long to get into it. If I would have got into this at the 18, 19, even 16, 15, I was spending money on the dumbest fucking shit. Yeah. Dumbest. $40 socks. They need to be telling you that when you're in high school. But now that now you have the technology, you can get it right in your phone. Just say, hey, throw whatever. <laughs> throw your allowance in it. Fuck it. <laughs> your Fuck, parents yeah. give you 200 bucks for the money. week you really and you only spend 80. Throw 20 bucks in. Who cares? For sure. And then we'll come back to that in another podcast because we can make so much content on that. But what ultimately is your goal or what is your reality? Because I don't like to say that, but so you can understand what is your goals or aspirations, your ultimate reality that you're going to have? And what is it? Well, I've definitely been thinking more and more about how I can have passive income mm-hmm. and how I can just constantly have, say, it'd be nice to even have $500 a month coming in, $1,000, whatever. Just something that's consistently coming in that you don't work for, that you're just putting right back in your pocket, you know, obviously saving, putting it in the savings, making sure for big purchases or for yeah. your your taxes, obviously, and whatever medical bills, you know, the safe stuff. But the ultimate goal is, you know, for me is having some kind of space to do my recording studio, you know, having a client list that's booked. That's always, I always have people coming in trying to record with me. Um, it's not so much about the money if, if I have the, the people that I'm working with, because that's just like, that's already paying itself off right there, having people uh, making their music and stuff. But passive income, recording studio, clients, making music every day, that's just the, what I want to do 10, 20 years from now. I want to keep doing it, you know, hopefully supporting my family with what I'm doing too. So yeah, you will be. Investing in housing properties. You know, housing is at a super all-time high right now. Probably not the best time unless you have some crazy, you know, but be ready family the, money, but be, be ready, ready for the dip. Be ready know? for the dip. Kevin says, be ready for the dip. A dip is coming, and I need you guys to seriously collect your fucking money and save it, invest it, reinvest it, reinvest it. That's why saving is so important because in times and opportunities where you could jump right into the market, you need to be able to have that savings, that 15, 20, 30,000 that you've been collecting over the years that you can just throw on a down payment, on a, you know, because you could, you could hit a fucking deal like that other people can't because they were out blowing their money or they already blew their money on a house when the marking was market was too high. You know, you got to be ready for those opportunities. So having a savings is really important in that aspect. I love that. Yeah. All right, you guys, we have so much more content we can go over, but we're going to leave it off just because we want you guys to tune into the next episode. Another day. What is three things that you're going to assure me that you're going to work on this week that you know you're lacking in? Three things. One, my own music, because <laughs> I, I keep putting that off. Stop um, putting it off. I know. I, I, I bounce around project to project, and it's, it's I need okay. to just stick with one it's and okay. finish one at a time. It's okay. So it's not so much that, big yeah. picture all the time. you got to break it down and just do one at a time. Um, I want to try to reach out to a new musician this week. See if I can get somebody to, you know, new to come through. Hopefully through this new Studio West class that I'm doing, meet a new musician to work with. And then third is um, I've been trying to reach out to playlist editors on Spotify to try to get my music on playlists because that's cool. how you get the streams. So I'm 
trying to work on that too. Editors you're getting in contact with. I don't know. I've been looking at a lot of because it's hard to. It's hard. I don't know how you can contact the uh, Spotify made playlist because I think you you can only do that if you have a pre release that's ready to go. You can only sh- pitch those to the editors, but there's also people made playlists on there, curators that you know are just normal people like you and me, but they happen to have a really popular playlist that people like. So usually they have their email on there that you can reach out and say, hey, I have this song that I just put out. Here's what it's about. I think it'd fit great in your playlist. You know, just send out an email. There's like thousands of those, you know. So if you're a musician that is having trouble getting streams or whatnot, look into that. Look into pitching your songs to these normal people's playlists on Spotify. And who knows, you could get an extra 5,000 streams out of it, 10,000 streams. And then from there, Spotify will pick it up, the algorithm, and then they'll throw them into the big boy playlist, which is the Spotify made ones. So don't be afraid to pitch your music. Reach out to new people every day. Um, we have the internet. It's the ultimate resource. So, Everybody that's still tuned in, thank you very much. Please, please, I'm going to sh- ask for you guys to work on your three things that you're lacking on and just keep going for it. Just keep moving forward, onward and upward and nobody can tell you us what to do except for you. Please do the self-evaluations because it's really helped me and I don't have much to show for it now but I sure as hell will especially because if you surround yourself with bosses and people that want more reevaluate your circle. Yes sir. My name's Thomas Lanfear. I'm part of Snob Hill my project we have a, I have a new song out called cherry blossom check that out um jp our buddy he's a new song apartment 24b check that out and then my buddy zach brosi b-r-o-s-i is his last name he's on spotify look forward to putting out his music here pretty soon so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout you guys uh everything more we'll have listed down below uh, please subscribe please follow please share really helps us out and uh thank you so much thomas studio snob hill uh, office of the day with Mark Anthony and Thomas Lanfear officially checking out and um, thank you. Peace. Bye. Nailed it. Keep it casual. I'll meet you there at midnight. Thoughts are irrational. Standing there in the porch light. <laughs>